All right, welcome back. This is In the Margins. Hey, everybody. My name is Josh Lund and Matt Fisk here. Hey. And uh, we're excited to be back with you guys this week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Matt, we're going to be taking a bit of a break today from what we've uh, what we've been doing over the past, I guess, few months. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been... We've been getting into Mark and we love the book of Mark. Uh, our church right. is going through the book of Mark, preaching it on Sundays and Wednesdays while we've been in quarantine. Uh, but because it's Easter coming up this week, it's Holy Week. And this is right. an Easter like I've never experienced before. I don't know about you, Josh. Um, it's very different. Yeah, yeah. We thought we'd take a little bit of a break from Mark, put a pause and talk about Easter and talk about the Jewish uh, equivalent to that, or the kind of maybe maybe it's a better the Jewish context of that, which would be right. Passover. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So super exciting. Uh, we're 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 taking a little um, detour, but totally worth it. I think this is uh, you know a great way for us to prepare for what's coming up this Sunday and Good Friday and uh, just all, all the good stuff coming up. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're going to be jumping around a little bit, Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, we're going to talk about the Passover and we're going to talk about how that relates to, uh, basically, I guess the entire passion, right? Uh, both Jesus, um, going to the cross, even his meal right before he goes to the cross, the last supper, uh, you know, his death, his resurrection, all of that. Um, and we're going to try to keep it as simple uh, as possible, but really dig into some of the really incredible connections and fulfillments that we see there. So we're pretty nerdy, so we're going to try to keep it as simple as possible, but, uh, yeah. yeah, anyway. Okay. So Passover, why are we going into this? So, um, Josh, do you remember in the end of Luke where Jesus is resurrected and he's walking along the road and he runs into two people that don't recognize him? And yeah. The road to Aramaeus. Uh, yeah. The road to Emmaus. And, yep. um, he, he stops with them and he, he starts talking to them and he, he asks them, who do you think this guy Jesus was? And he's like playing dumb a little bit and, cause they still right. don't recognize him. And yep. they're like, well, we thought he was the Messiah. And th- then he says some, then Luke says something really cool. He says that from, from that moment, Jesus explained to them how everything in the law, in the prophets were pointing to him. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, so yeah. You're say something. Yes. So, so the reason we're looking at this is that everything in the old Testament somehow connects to Jesus somehow points to, and, and the Passover is one of the biggest things in the entire Tanakh, the whole, the old Testament in the Jewish world, there are very few things bigger than Passover. In fact, that whole, um, episode is like what the whole Jewish faith is pretty much based around. So that's right. that's why we're going into this. It's not that we as Christians need to celebrate Passover, but it would be helpful to see how Jesus comes out in in that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's basically you know why celebrate a holiday uh, unless you know you know exactly where it came from. Why why are we celebrating it? Uh, other than maybe you get like school or work off. You know, that's a good reason to celebrate. But I yeah, I definitely celebrate that. Although we may being in quarantine, we may never celebrate that again. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So yeah, if you've ever seen movies like the 10 commandments or you've ever seen the Prince of Egypt, it's that story. It's the, the Jewish people in captivity in Egypt. Um, God sends Moses to go and bring them out 10 plagues. They get brought across the red sea. 
and that begins the whole journey to the promised land. That's the story that we're going to be looking kind of at, but let, let's, let's go over, let's, let's read a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll start in Exodus 12. Um, cool. you know, that, that's probably the, the best place to get a good idea of everything that happened in the Passover mm-hmm. and, uh, start from there. So, all right. Uh, Exodus yeah, 12. go ahead. Join us. Exodus chapter 12. We'll start in verse one and, uh, we'll go all the way down to verse 14. So here we go. Verse one, it says, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs, right? We've all heard of that Mm -hmm. blood out there. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and Bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Mm. Do not leave any of it. (laughs) Do not eat any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, do not leave any of it till morning. Excuse me. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival of the Lord, a lasting ordinance. Amen. Awesome. Okay, so what we have here is the the culmination of the plagues. So the the Nile turning to blood, and the frogs, and the gnats, and the flies, and the boils, and the illness, and the the cattle, and the darkness, and darkness. the fire, and the there's I think I'm missing something. Um, and hail. So, there's the hail. Coronavirus. Yeah. Well, there, yep. there you go. Uh oh. Yeah. Um, and then this last one is the, the plague of the firstborn, which mm. is just this absolutely terrible thing where, where God comes and takes away and strikes every firstborn in Egypt, including Pharaoh's son and spares Israel, the firstborn of the Israel, uh, Israelites right. sons, because they do this. Right, And so the, the idea of Passover is that the angel of the Lord, when it came, he saw the, the blood on the doorpost. When he saw that he would leap over, that's literally a, a, the, the Hebrew word would be Pesach and it would be to nice. leap over, to jump over. Uh, there we go. Uh, yeah. You got to get some phlegm in there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. And, and they, uh, the, it would pass over and they would be spared because of this kind of blood. And yeah. the, the, the last thing we see here is that, uh, this will be, this is something for you to celebrate for generations that you always mm. need to remember this. And yeah. It, this is huge. 
like this, this was going on from, and we think this is somewhere around 3000 ish, maybe 25,000, 2500 BC, yeah. BCE. And so, you know, thousands of years later, they were celebrating this. And even up to now, they're still celebrating this. Right, so this yeah. is like literally lasting for a long time. We have to remember this kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's what he spends like the, the, the next, you know, paragraph or two talking about is how are you supposed to remember it and all the things you're supposed to do beforehand and afterhand. So it, it wasn't just enough for them to do this initially, but it seems like, you know, you know, sometimes I look at all the things that God told people to do and I'm like, God, it's so weird. Like, why are you telling people to do this and do that? But it's not just for them. It's for, it's for people to remember who, who this God is. And, yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, what what's amazing is that if you remember thousands of years later when Jesus is around when the passion narrative starts or when when Jesus begins his whole thing to go to right. the cross what was he celebrating the night of of that it all started the last supper right yeah it, i mean it had to have been this it had to have been passover it was passover that's what they were yeah. in jerusalem to do Right. To celebrate Passover. A couple little background things about Passover. There were three main festivals that God asked all the, the Jewish people to, if they could, pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And they were uh, Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles slash booths. Mm. Um, and so, but this one had special kind of preeminence among them. Right. Um, but I mean, all of them were, were super important, but this was huge because we actually, we have Jesus record recorded a bunch coming back to Jerusalem, celebrating Passover, celebrating Passover. Right. There's something really, really uh, deep in the heart of God uh, about this particular story. So I think it's really important. In fact, um, so doing a little bit of reading and, uh, you remember Paul's, Paul's teacher, his, uh, his rabbi that he was, he studied under Gamliel. Yeah. Gamliel, whatever you say it. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, is quoted as saying that um, if you eat, it's not enough to eat the 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 uh, the bread and the herbs and do all the things. Uh, to, it's not enough to do that if you have done that and not explained it to your family. You have mm. not filled your obligation. Wow! And and so so th- this whole thing is not just a. Um, it's not just a special dinner for the Jewish people. It, right. It is a, a top to bottom, instill this in your families, instill this in your children uh, about really what this day signifi- signifies. Yeah. Significates. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, I mean, it reminds me, right? I mean, if if this is really what Jesus was um, practicing, right, you know, during the Last Supper, right before he goes to the cross, even as they take the the, the bread and the wine, Jesus doesn't just say, Hey, eat this, um, you know, and this is what it is, but he says, do this in remembrance of yeah. me mm-hmm. and draws, draws that, that incredible conclusion. I don't think we realize how important that is. And I know even for me on Sunday morning, you know, if I'm sitting there taking communion, um, I don't think I quite remember, or I quite think of remembering, um, to this extent, right? Like mm-hmm. even what you just quoted from Gamliel, um, yeah, I've got I've got one more for for from him. Um, yeah, and this is this is incredible. This is so helpful to understand um, their their mindset. But the point of this is that he says, 
each and every generation that celebrates the Passover is obligated to see their themselves as if they had gone out of Egypt themselves. Wow. Yeah. Like, so the point of Passover and celebrating all this stuff was not to, again, to do a ritual, but it's for you. It was, it would be like for you Mm. as if you had walked out of Egypt, as you had walked out of the, walked across the Red Sea to put yourself where your ancestors have been because every generation has to renew their covenant, renew their hearts towards God. Yeah. And and I think that's, that is the the point we know that, that it, from the Christian worldview, um, Jesus fulfills Passover through his right. death. And we'll get into that, but through communion is how we celebrate that each and yeah. every week. But it's to remember, but to place ourselves into, you know, kind of the, the same place, you know? To, yeah. Anyway. Um, well, so, I, go ahead. Sorry. Well, we, we see, you know, I think even just reading um, Exodus 12 right here, we see a lot of similarities. I think if you, if you take the time to think about it between, the Exodus and in, in Jesus. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe we could jump in to that a little bit and just yeah, yeah. kind of get a better idea of, I mean, we, we see what it, it, a little bit of what it meant to them. And, and again, I think it's so important that we get that so that we don't just kind of view this as a, uh, a holiday with, you know, Easter eggs and, you know, chocolate bunnies, but we really remember what it's supposed to be, but maybe how, how does Jesus fulfill all that? I, I don't know. I mean, is there yeah. anything that maybe we don't see right on the surface there? Well, I think the first thing it, it talks about is you got to find the lamb. You got to find the right lamb. Mm. And I, it, it talks about being um, back in, in, it looks like Exodus 12, verse 5, your lamb shall be without blemish. Right. I mean, I don't think it's that difficult for us to see that, but maybe it's hard to, maybe you haven't made that connection. But you remember John 1, where right, yep. John sees Jesus pass by, and, and you remember what he says? Yeah, he says, look, the lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world. Yeah. So, I mean, like pretty clearly, you know, John is understanding Jesus this way. Um, yeah. And, and so for him to be the lamb, be without blemish, I mean, that's that, that's another or one reason why Jesus had to come and live mm. the sinless life that he did. He didn't just come to show us up and be like, what's the matter with you guys here? I can right. do it perfectly. What's the matter with you? It's, yeah. In order to be an acceptable sacrifice, in order to be the Passover lamb, he had to be perfect. So that's right. one. Um, one that actually doesn't get mentioned here, I don't think, um, it might be later in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, is that the Passover lamb, you weren't allowed to break any of its bones. Ooh. And so it, it, at the end of John, John yeah. 19, you remember, like, they, they, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, I remember Jesus is uh, on the cross and they go around and they're breaking the legs of the other guys who are mm-hmm. on the cross because if you don't die in time, they'll break your legs. That'll speed up the process, but right, they right. come to Jesus. He's already dead, but John takes the time to go ahead and say, hey, just just so you know, uh, they didn't they didn't break his bones. Um, and yeah. uh, let, me, let me see if I can find it. John chapter 19. Um, yeah, but when they came to Jesus, verse 33, and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' the side of the spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. So it takes the time to say that. Yeah, it's a, it would be a really random detail to bring up. Like, why bring that up if you weren't yeah. trying to equate the fact that, oh, Jesus, none of his bones were broken. 
Right. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. In, in verse thirty-six, I I didn't. I should have read this. These things happen so that the scripture will be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And so, so yeah, you have that. So, and that's just like you know a little bit of a flyby. But then we get to the part that feels really very much, and people have have made uh, a lot longer sermons about this. But you get to the blood, and you get to the doorposts. That, mm. that the mark of somebody that was going to be passed over the people that were spared from the destruction yeah. would be only the people that had the blood of the lamb mm. on their doorposts. The people wow. that were identified with that. And, and that is, you know, it's just such a, for, honestly, for me, that's such an awful image. Like yeah. I hate that image of like mm. going around and painting blood on the doorpost. And that's right. what it was. It, it, it's, it's weird to me and it's honestly when i was a kid it scared me um mm. it really really scared me about uh you know would i be as the firstborn in my family right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like should i go and i should i should i put some stuff on, on my door just in case <laughs> like god changes mine or something and, and so, <laughs> that poor first dog you had man <laughs> <laughs> i know i know it was terrible oh man yeah but but what we what we see is well the the connection between blood of a lamb and yeah. being spared from death and destruction. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's the, one of the things that I don't like, particularly when it, when um, I think there's a, a verse in Hebrews where it talks about without blood, there cannot be any forgiveness of sin. Mm, right. And I, I hate that because I hate the idea of needing to, to spill blood. It's gross and gives me the, the, the Ghibli's and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But understanding that in order that, that somehow there were that sin that it brings death one yeah. way or another, but that God decides that he wants to not just be just, but to be merciful and to yeah. pass over because of blood. I mean, that, that to me, that tells me a lot about God's character. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you, you keep saying it and it keeps just giving me this totally different view of the cross. But, you know, when I, if I were to think of being covered in Jesus's blood allows God to pass over me, um, that, that just makes me feel that much closer hmm. to, um, I don't know what, what my sin deserves, right? Like, I'm not just like completely, you know, like, I mean, I am completely safe from it all. I've got nothing to worry about, but it's, I mean, you're being passed over, hmm. right? Like you, 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 uh, the life that I've lived deserves exactly what happened to all the firstborn in mm. uh, in Egypt and stuff like that. But I'm just being passed over. I, I don't know. I that, it just I feel like it paints it in a bit of a different picture. That's a little bit more real and a little bit more close to home. Yeah, I've got a scripture that I that I um, if we can go to Exodus six, that would be great. Yeah. Okay, so I hope you're sticking in with me. I, I want to talk a little bit about the um, the way that the Jewish people celebrate. Passover. And Let me translate that. You want to get nerdy? I do want to get nerdy. Super okay, gotcha. nerdy all up in here. Yeah, um, there you go. So go over to, to Exodus 6. And in the Passover, um, and, and this would have been the meal that Jesus celebrated in, at the Last Supper, in, in your mind, you've got like, okay, there. if you ask yourself, how many cups were at this meal? If you've seen Indiana Jones or you know anything about your you know lore... It's the Holy Grail. It's supposed to be one cup, right? 
Jesus takes this cup. The way that the Jewish people celebrate Passover is they have four cups of wines. They have four cups of wine and everyone in order to celebrate Passover has to get those four cups of wine. In fact, they command even the poor people to have four cups of wine at Passover. They say pawn pawn your stuff so you can get money to get these four cups of wine for Passover. Not a joke. It's in the Talmud. They are really serious about this. And each cup means something. If you're looking at, um, you're looking at Exodus uh, six, Josh, can you read verses five through seven for me? Be happy to. Verse five, uh, Exodus six. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Okay. This is the heart of this whole thing, okay? That um, the that, that God was acting on behalf of not a great people, but a people enslaved, a people worth nothing to anybody. And I, I don't know about you, I feel like that sometimes. I'm like, what does God want to do mm, with me? Yeah. And the Jewish people retold this story every year to remind themselves of what God had done. Each of the four cups that they drank at Passover comes from one of these things that God says he will do. Ah, okay. So um, in verse six, say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. And what's the first thing he says, I will. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will bring you out. The first cup was, I will bring you out. They call that the cup of sanctification. I'm going to bring you out. Okay. You'll be brought out. So you will be set apart from Mm. those, from the Egyptians. Okay. So you're starting to hear like, Oh, sanctification. You, if you're you know, listening to us, well, what connections do you make with what Jesus has done on the cross mm. and maybe in the, the Lord's Supper? What's the, hey, what's the second thing that God says he will do? Um, I will free you from being slaves to them. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, some of the translations, I will deliver you from wow. slavery. The second cup is called the cup of deliverance. Yeah. It's, so you, you, t- you drink the first cup and you're like, God has brought us out. He has sanctified us. And you give thanks for that. The second yeah. one is you acknowledge you've been delivered from slavery. They reminded wow. themselves. And, and think about this for just a second, that part of one of the most important days to the Jewish people was to remember that you were slaves. But Matt, I've never been a slave to anyone. Oh, that's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, (laughs) I just want to point out, like, nobody likes to think of the low points of themselves as a people. Like we we don't celebrate that. We don't celebrate the fact, the first time that, that slaves were brought over to America. One of the dark, Mm. we don't, we don't celebrate the, the trail of tears. We don't celebrate the Vietnam war. We celebrate the victories. We celebrate independence day and we celebrate, you know, uh, all the good stuff. God wants them to remember that you were delivered from yeah. slavery. Wow. And maybe that's something that we need to keep remembering ourselves. Yeah. Constantly about, okay, I was delivered from slavery. Maybe not physical chain slavery, but slavery to your sin. Yeah. 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 Wow. 
Um, so yeah, what, so the, so the next one, right? Third one. What's the next I, thing I will, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. Well, this one, what, what do you think this one's called? The redemption cup. There you go. The cup Yay. of redemption nailed it. I will redeem you and redeem is one of those like high churchy religiousy words. Right, that, right, yeah. That, like I don't use redeem a ton in my real life, but w- when do you use right. redeem? Um, when you've been like brought back to a place of honor, or at least out of dishonor. Yeah, yeah. It's what um, if a if someone was captured, like if a if a in, in war, if you had let's say your king captured mm-hmm. by the opposing army, you could redeem them and free them by paying a certain amount of money to bring them back. Right. So, okay. So yeah, a lot of times people would go and they wouldn't kill kings. They would capture them and bring them back and say, "Well, we'll give them back for a million dollars." So and kind of like you've you've your ransom has been paid. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, so you're starting to see some of that, like br- bringing out of captivity and being placed back into, like you said, a place of honor. Right. And, yeah. And and being having your captivity paid for by something. And right. This is where Jesus, what scholars argue is that this is where Jesus um, institutes the Lord's Supper, that this Mm. is the cup when he says, this is my body and this is my blood. Take this cup. Remember me. It's given up for you. Uh It's this. Yeah. It's this cup of redemption because what's he about to go do? He's about to pay the ransom on the cross. He's about to go pay. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing to remember. Now here's here's the last one. What's the last one in here? What's the last I will? Um, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Okay. I will take you to be my people mm. and I will be your God. And this is, this is the cup of restoration or, the, or consummation. It's, right. it's the I'm bringing you to be with me. And, mm. that, and scholars are all over the place about this one. But do you remember Jesus says, the next, the next thing he says about a cup, do you remember what he says? What, is he going to drink um, the, the last cup? Yeah, he says, I'm not going to drink it until it's finished, right? right. Until everything mm-hmm. is finished, yeah. There are two interpretations of this. One is that he doesn't drink the cup until he is on the cross. Remember mm. when they lift up the, the vinegar for him right. to drink? That, yeah. that it is at this moment, right before he dies, that he drinks the last cup. Um, and, and that's where God is bringing people together with him. And and the other interpretation, this is the one I like a bit more is that Jesus has yet to drink that cup Mm. and he will not drink it until he comes back. Right. That he will take us to be his people and God will come and live with us, but only after he's come back. And yeah. So, so that fourth cup he hasn't had because, well, it won't happen until heaven comes down and Jesus lives with us. And that right. is awesome. Why do we care about any of these four cups? Well, here's, here's my suggestion is as we're going into this Easter season this year, is that it is so, like you said, Josh, it is so easy to get caught in the trappings of, this is just what we do for Easter. We do the eggs. And for me and my family, we have egg Easter baskets and they're amazing. My mom is awesome. Come on. We have a Let's great, go Mama Fist. We have a great Easter meal. I love it. But that's not what Easter is. 
Mm. It is a remembrance and a celebration. And here's, here's the best part. All of, all of the Jewish people, their story is in this, it's, it's like, it's freedom, but it's a lot of death. Mm. And they're going to remember that every, every year. But yeah. what, what do we as Christians get to celebrate? Yeah. The, the, the life, the resurrection, the life, that's what we get that they don't have. And on top of that, this isn't about death. This isn't about wow. barely escaping judgment and wrath by the skin of our teeth. It's that Jesus came to free us from all of that. And on top of it, there is life and life yeah. to the full, which yeah. is just so cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But with the, with the, the cups, you know, I, I want to get back to that because I think that's amazing. Um, you know, it makes me wonder when they drink these cups, what do they think? I mean, do, 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 you know, Jews, people who practice Judaism today, do they feel like, you know, maybe some of these cups have been fulfilled that, that were, you know, saying that Jesus has fulfilled, but when Jesus is in the garden and he's praying to God and he says, God, you know, take this cup from me at not my will, but your will be done. What, what cup, what cup might he be talking about? I mean, is that just a whole different idea of just the, the cup of wrath that God talks about throughout the prophets? Or you know, is that I was looking, I was looking into that and uh, it's possible that he's talking about the second one because the second one, the, the cup of, of deliverance comes with judgment. Um, right. And so, right. so I think there's something about that. Interestingly enough though, the thing that I did find that was fairly definitive is that that first cup, uh, the one of sanctification, I will bring you out and sanctify you. Right. Most scholars believe that that they drank that cup and then Jesus went to go and wash his disciples' feet. Uh, because wow. after that, because you drink the first cup and you're supposed to wash your hands after that one. And so right. they wash their hands and then Jesus goes and washes their feet. Wow. And sanctify. I mean, like, that's pretty cool. I mean, washing their feet always did seem a little strange. Yeah. Um, you know, other ways to tell somebody you're their friend. Yeah. Um, I have but, never once washed your feet, nor am I interested in you washing mine. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, let's probably keep it that way. Yeah, I think that'd be good. I, yeah, okay. I'm down. Cool. I'm down for that. Let's keep that. You know, that's for Jesus. <laughs> well, we can drink wine us. together. We can drink wine. I'm pretty sure we have. Pretty sure yeah. we have. So there you go. Yeah. So, okay. So, so that, so that's pretty cool. Um, so, it, I mean, it's cool. We see, I mean, I, I feel like, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's so much bigger still than, than, than what I make it out to be. I mean, especially when we bring it into this tradition that's been going on for thousands of years and you see all the steps that these people take to really remember, not just do it, not just do it as a festival, but like to feel like they're walking in the feet. How, what do we do with that? Like as yeah. Easter's coming up, how do we feel like we were sitting at the table with Jesus? How do we feel like the people who sat there and, and, and saw him possibly drink the last cup on the cross or, or, or go off to do that? Yeah. I mean, I think Jesus gives us that direction of do this in remembrance of me. But mm -hmm. I think the, the depth to which we, we reflect is that's the key. What, what Gamliel says about we need to see ourselves as the people that walked out of Egypt and we have to yeah. view ourselves that way. Well, yeah, that needs to be us too. But for us, it's more like we reflect and we put ourselves at the foot of the cross. 
mm. as we are looking at, we are in the court yeah. we're in the courtyard as Jesus is being whipped for our sins mm. we are walking along the streets of Jerusalem as he's carrying our cross or carrying his cross that was meant for yeah. us we are sitting at the foot of the cross and not to beat ourselves but to be so over the top grateful yeah. and and thankful that look our bitterness kind of like they they eat bitter herbs it's yeah. turned to joy not because of us but because of Jesus we were brought out it wasn't us we were we were delivered if that makes sense yeah, yeah no absolutely I, I i love that idea right of we don't do it um to be full of sorrow right and i'm sure the people as they remembered being delivered and all four of these things that God says he's going to do. I mean, they are all just full of joy and full of like me, like, like I'm the one you're going to do like, Whoa. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I think about what we read in Exodus, right? It doesn't just say go out and, and get a lamb and kill it, but it says, go get one without defect. So, 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 you know, take one that, that, you know, it looks pretty good. Take one of your better sheep. Um, but then it says to like spend 14 days with it right? Like to mm. feed it and to take care of it. I mean, it's like you, you're supposed to build some kind of connection to this lamb and then you're supposed to go through the whole slaughtering process. And I think, man, how hard that would be. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just an animal lover, but just to, just to, I, I've shot a bird once with a BB gun. I felt terrible about it. You know, if I were to Couldn't spend do it, yeah, Couldn't I mean, it. it's, it's terrible, but I tell you what, even though that would be hard, covering my doorposts with blood, mm. knowing that God was going to pass over, knowing that God was giving me a chance to be his people. I feel like, okay, you know what? Like this is hard. It's helping me understand my sin, but, uh, but man, I'm grateful to be able to do this. And I think, man, I, I don't know how often I come to the cross and really cover myself with the blood of Jesus. Mm. I don't know how many times I, I really, yeah. You know, what a great question. Paint myself with that. Mm. Uh, I remember all that he did. But that's and that's that's the time where we get to be so grateful. So, yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I th I think that's probably as much time as we have. Yeah. Well, what, as we close out, you know, I, I think one thing that Matt and I both want to encourage everybody, you you know, especially as we just continue to do these podcasts, is that I mean, we love getting nerdy. We love uh, teaching. We 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 love getting in the margins and things like that. But one thing that we hope and, and that we want to encourage everybody, uh, you know, that that's joined us and, and we're so grateful for that, but we want to encourage everybody to do is not let this be a time where, where you get fed, but let this be a time where you get hungry. Yeah. You know, as, as we dive into the Bible, um, I know just doing this podcast has made me more hungry, made me just more fall more and more in love with the, the text. Um, but as we go out and especially as we talk about something so incredible to Passover and how we're supposed to remember it as though we were there, I just want to encourage, uh, you know, all of our, our, our listeners and our viewers to, to go back and make this hungry and make this just put you in the feet of, of, of these people and in the text so much more. So, amen. Great way to say that, man. Cool. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us again on In the Margins. My name is Josh Lund, and this is Matt Fisk. And uh, we will see you guys next week as we hop back into the book of Mark and look at Jairus and his daughter and the bleeding woman. Awesome. So we look forward to seeing you guys next time. Also, go ahead and uh, you can check us out on 
nvca.academy. Academy, beautiful, or nvcoc.church. Uh, there's links there for uh, more uh, things that we've got going on. So thanks again. See you next time. Bye.